I'm bringing the word this morning. Pastor asked me to preach a couple weeks ago, and uh, last Sunday he talked about it, and somebody was walking out and said, man, I can't wait to hear you next Sunday, and I thought, man, that's not next Sunday already, is it? And so uh, it kind of snuck up on us, or on me. Uh, Labor Day did. It's, it's crazy that it's already here, that we're full swing of school, football games, and uh, volleyball, everything that's going on. Um, Ground Zero starts this Wednesday. Uh, Megan and I and Annie have been uh, redecorating. Uh, Annie's been a huge help. Not really, but uh, it's. Uh, we always talked about, you know, we've been, this will be, is this eight years for us? Are we, are we going into our eighth year of Ground Zero? Uh, as youth pastors, we always talked about what would it be like to have a baby while we're redecorating. Well, it takes a lot longer to redecorate with a baby, so... Uh, one night we took her up to mom's and dropped her off up there and she hung out so we could actually get some stuff done while we were up there. So uh, we're pretty much finished, just final touches of cleaning up. We're so excited uh, about this year, about what's going on. Um, if you have a smartphone or a tablet, I want to encourage you to download the YouVersion Bible app and you can follow along on Sundays. Uh, my notes are on there this morning. Pastor's notes are on there every week. Uh, I went down because Pastor was messing with his iPad and I was making sure he wasn't having trouble and he's on Amazon like trying to order something. And I'm like, now get off Amazon while I'm preaching. I want you surfing the web, buying rims for your new truck or, you know, something like that. So if you got your phone out, you know, make sure you're on, you know, the Bible app. You're not surfing the web or something. I got to get ready for ground zero uh, where, you know, it's a totally different realm than Sunday. We always joke, what would, what would it be like if we treated Sunday morning like ground zero? Well, I mean, you'd get in trouble all the time because, you know, ground zero, if you're like talking, if Jay and Charlotte were talking, I'd be like, do you, you want to share something with everybody? You know, so that's kind of the dynamic of ground zero. So I might practice this morning a little bit just to get me ready for ground zero. So you might just be on your A game this morning, be a little nervous. Um, we do kick kids out. I mean, you know, think if I was like, Brad, get up and get out of here. Don't ever come back. You know I mean, wouldn't that be weird in church on Sunday? But we do it to 14-year-olds, poor kids. Golly, as Lou would say, we need to have some mercy on somebody mercy. So uh, I'm going to bring the message. Uh, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, as, as pastor's been talking in the last couple of weeks, uh, we're launching some new things in the fall, some new things coming up, some new things we're going to be doing that we're very excited about. Um, I believe that it's going to give you the opportunity to reach people that you couldn't reach before. It's going to give you an opportunity to minister to family uh, that maybe you couldn't before. And uh, we're really excited about it. And so this is kind of kind of going to launch a prelude, a prequel uh, to what pastor is going to be talking about in the weeks to come. And it's called Occupy All Streets. Um, Occupy All Streets. If you're taking notes, you can write that down as the title. Occupy All Streets. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to read a couple of stories and, uh, and, and kind of take you through this. And Jesus is for everybody everywhere. Jesus never went anywhere in the New Testament and found someone that he said, you are unworthy for what I have. Not once, ever. Never did, I mean, uh, he, he crossed racial barriers, uh, uh, sex barriers, you know, opposite sex. Back in those days, he crossed those barriers. Uh, leprosy barriers of, of d people of disease, of you stayed away from them, people who had to walk through town and say unclean. He, he crossed every barrier. Jesus never came across anyone anywhere in the New Testament that he said, you are not worthy or I cannot give you what I have or you cannot accept what I have. And everywhere Jesus went, he brought love, he brought life, he brought grace, he brought healing, and he brought life change everywhere he went. 
Now, I'm going to jump into a story. This is Luke 19, 1 through 10, very famous story. You probably heard it a hundred times if you've been in church very long. It's about a man named Zacchaeus. And I'm going to read out of the message. Now, this is a paraphrase of the Bible. Uh, last year on Ground Zero, I read, out of the, I read out of the New Living Translation a lot. I love the New Living. I love the NIV. I love the way it words it. And a kid came up to me and said, I heard that the King James Version, not even the new King James, the King James Version was the holiest version of the Bible, and that's the only version version you read. Do you want to know what the best version of the Bible to read is? The one you read the most. That's the best version. All right. Now, uh, back at Bible school, I had a teacher and they said, I would never base a life decision off of the message, but it's great to help you understand. It's great to help you. I love one summer we mowed uh, the book of Acts about the start of the church. I would pop headphones in and I would listen to it in the message. The message version, I would live, you version Bible app, it'll play it to you. You don't have to read it. And I would listen to it. It brought whole new life to that story, brought whole new life to the way it was worded and helped me understand. And so I want to encourage you that the best translation for you to read uh, is the one you read. So this is Luke uh, 19, 1 through 10. It says, then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, uh, the head to head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in the way. I want you to understand, we're going to pause right there. We can leave that up. There are people in this town who desperately want to see Jesus, but the crowd is in the way. There's people in this town who desperately want to see Jesus, but the crowd is in the way. And so he was a short man, and he couldn't see over the crowd. Now, they're talking about physical shortness right now. In the Bible, physically, Zacchaeus was a short man. But, but there, there are people who are... are short in other senses, right? Right. They may not be from the right family. They may not have the right finances. They may not have the right things in their life. And so, so he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Don't you love Jesus? He's like, Hey, man, today's the day for me to be a guest in your house. Jesus, first biblical reference of inviting yourself to a party, right? I'm going to come to your house and dinner's on you, bro. Cook up some meal. I mean, right? I mean, it's like, you're pretty bold here, Jesus. Today is the day to guest to be in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw this incident was ignorant and grumped. They were mad. Everybody saw this, mad. And they said, what business does he have getting cozy with this crook? What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? When you have been a Christian very long, you, you pass like the 5, 10, 15-year mark, something happens to us where we think and we forget where we came from. And we can think, well, what business does this person have in church? What business does this person have on stage? What business does this person have in our kids' ministry? And the thing you have to remember is Jesus was willing to come to you when you were a crook. Okay? And, and the, now, if you're a new Christian, you've been saved a couple of years, you, you haven't forgotten that. You've been saved most of your life, half your life, you've way past that and forgotten that. All right, And Jesus was willing to call you out of the tree and say, even though you're a crook, I want to come to your house and I want to have dinner with you. And so we can't move into a state and an attitude of judgment against other people of what place do they have. Because Jesus loved you. Amen? 
And so it says what? And they were mad. And it says Zacchaeus, sorry, just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I'll pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today is salvation's day in this home. And here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the son of man came to find and restore the lost. All right, now, Zacchaeus was a crook. Everybody was mad because it's like he's, he's a crook. He's a tax collector. Those guys weren't good like the IRS today. That's a joke. Uh, he, was a ta- he, he wasn't a good guy. They'd rip people off. They'd cheat people. Now, I want you to notice something here. Jesus called him out of Jesus. What was Jesus doing in the beginning of that? It says, then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. Jesus was on a walk, right? Jesus was occupying the streets. He sees Zacchaeus. He says, come down, take me to your house and feed me some steak and potatoes. I'm hungry, right? They go over. As they're sitting in the house, he says, I'm going to give away half, half my stuff. I'm going to give it all away. And if I'm caught cheating, I'll give four times that. Now, notice that Jesus didn't do anything in this gap. They went home and they sat down. Jesus didn't preach, didn't sing a song, didn't pray, didn't dance, didn't do an art and craft, didn't have a felt board, didn't have an iPad with a present. You know, he didn't have any of this. He was just there, and immediately Zacchaeus said, I'm going to give away half my stuff. Because of the life change that Jesus brought. Our heart and our prayer for church is the same way. That when people walk through that door, before the bands ever stood on stage, before the pastors ever gotten up, before a cup of communion ever been taken, that when people sit in this building, their lives are changed. Because we carry the presence of God. Amen? And, and that's what happened with Zacchaeus. Jesus just sits in the room with him, and, and immediately he starts changing. There are people in your life that need what you have. There are people in your life. Uh, you, you know, occupy your streets. What, what does that even mean? Your streets, the city. Jesus occupied everywhere he went for his cause, for, for the cause of Christ. Jesus said, I've given you all authority. He tells the disciples. He sends out 72 disciples and says, I give you all authority. I give it to you. Go in my name. The Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now think about that for a minute. Jesus is in hell and the power that brought him out of that lives in you. I mean, you got to stop, close your eyes and really think about that for a minute. The power that raised Jesus from hell, that brought him out of that, lives on the inside of you. And God has called you to occupy your streets. I believe that as you get around people, change should begin to happen because of what's on the inside of you. Not because of necessarily what we say, what we drive, what we wear, uh, because we have a certain necklace or bumper sticker, or because on our Facebook it says we're a Christian and we shared a verse last week. But when I get around you, you should experience life change because Jesus dwells on the inside of me. So that's the heart right here at TCF. When you begin to carry that mindset, when you begin to carry that that action of we care about people, that's all this is about, 100% through and through, people. Not about buildings or more buildings or bigger buildings or, uh, you know, whatever, more lights, guitars, better microphones, whatever you can think of, this is about people. Jesus was about people. 
And see, there is no one that can't walk through those doors. The crook of all crooks, and Jesus reached out to him. God has called you where you are. God has called you where you are. I tell the kids in Ground Zero, you think you live in Tulia by accident. You think the kids that sit next to you in math class is just a random list put together by a teacher. God's bigger than all that, folks. Okay? God has called you to where you are. God has called you to Tulia, to Nazareth, wherever you live, whatever, wherever you work, wherever you go get gas, wherever you go get a Gatorade after work, whatever convenience store you go into. God has called you there to occupy your streets for the cause of Christ. And just as Jesus brought life change, I'm going to bring the same thing. And we're going to talk about how to do that and, and what you do uh, to make that happen. Psalms 92 I'm reading out of the New Living. This is Psalms 92, 12. It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They'll flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green. If we could back up to verse 12, back up to the beginning of that. It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like cedars uh, of Lebanon. Now, what I want you to understand right here is they're, they're using the metaphor of trees. And they're talking about that the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. Then verse 13 says, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. And I notice it says that first, these trees are going to grow strong. Then God will transplant them to his courts. Okay. Now, uh, Lou, Lou's son, uh, he's a, an arborist, works on trees, right? And uh, planting a tree is very tricky business. Uh, well, I've talked to him before, um, and you can't put them too deep because then they don't grow good. You put them too shallow, and then they, they die because they don't get rooted enough, okay? So we're talking about occupying our streets rooted, all right? It says the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like cedars. You have to get rooted. You have to get rooted down into good soil. Right? Have you ever tried to do something on your own that you weren't qualified to do? You know, something breaks and you think, I'll just fix it myself, and you have no business trying to fix it. Right? I think there's always things that people think they can do, you know, like a, an arborist. You might think, well, that's ridiculous. Who goes to school to learn about trees? I can plant a dang tree, but you plant a tree that hadn't grown in 40 years, and you think, what's wrong with that tree? Because you had no business planting a tree because you didn't know what you were doing, right? And so you have to get worded. Then God said, then I'll transplant you. You might be in a place right now that you don't want to be. You might be in a job you don't want to be in. You might be in a, in a marriage you don't want to be in, right? I mean, and that's the hard, cold facts about it. You might say, I'm in a place right now that I don't want to be, but you have to stay rooted, and then God's going to transplant you to his courts, right? And God, leave it up to the manufacturer to know what they're doing, Right When your car breaks down, you take it to the car dealership, say fix it because they can fix it. Leave it up to the manufacturer who planted you to know when you're ready to be transplanted. Amen? And so you've got to say, Rude, now this is what I love. It says, even in old age, they will still produce food and remain vital and green. I've grown up right here in this church my entire life. I mean, it was going a couple of years before I was ever born. 
It amazes me the people who have come through the doors of this church, you know, that were adults when I, you know, when I was a kid. And now that I've grown up and I see them and I hear them talk about things and I hear them talk about how things aren't good and the price of gas isn't good and the election isn't good and America's not good, it's not like it used to be. And all I hear out of these people is fear, doubt, and unbelief. You know why? Because they didn't stay rooted They decided it was time to move on, but it says if you'll stay rooted, even in your old age, you'll still produce fruit and remain vital and green. We have to stay rooted. And then it says then God will will transplant you when he's ready into his courts. And so you got to stay rooted right where you are to occupy your streets, to bring the cause of Christ to where you are to bring Jesus, to bring the light of Christ to to every uh, street that you fill. fill. One of the things we move into as Christians is we go through the motions. Very easy to fall into. You're in church, and thank God for it. You give part of your money in the offering. You sing the songs. You sit through the message, and, and we go home. And we think our Bible is broken Monday through Saturday, and it only works on Sunday in the church. I got good news, it works all the time. And you've got to stay rooted in the word. You can't drift away from reading your Bible. You can't drift away from hearing the word. You can't drift away from worship. You can't come into this place and say, well, I don't really like that song. It's not about that. It's about God, I like you. And, and, and we have to stay rooted in the word and we have to occupy our streets just as Jesus did with Zacchaeus. And when I enter a room, I bring the life chains of Jesus Christ because I'm rooted in good soil. I'm rooted in the word. They always say at Discovery Camp, put the word in you when you don't need it so it'll be there when you do. When things go wrong, when the, when the, the, the car tire blows out, when you know the, the little baby's going to the ER, what comes out of you, right? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it, oh, dear God, oh, what are we going to do? Or does the word of God come out of you? I want to read you one last uh, set of scriptures. This is Luke twenty-two thirty-one. out of the message. Jesus is talking to Peter, and he calls him, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me. He's talking to the, to the dirty dozen, the disciples. And it says, I've, he's done his best to separate all of you from me like chaff from wheat. Now, you remember, think back to Gideon, and he, you know how they throw the wheat up in the air and the wind blows the chaff away. So that's, he's saying that's what the devil's trying to do. He says, Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. Now, think about this. Jesus is preaching to the 12 disciples, and he's like, you, right there, knucklehead. I'm praying especially for you. I mean, poor Peter's got to feel just like, geez, come on, bro, don't point me out in front of everybody. You know, it's like, why aren't, why aren't you praying for, uh, you know, Judas? Pray for that guy. We all know where he's going, nowhere good, right? And so he says, uh, he says uh, I'm praying for particular uh, that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Now he says, stay on your toes. The devil doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to separate you. He doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to separate you. Anytime tragedy strikes, 
And I can, I can say this from personal experience. The first thing you want to do is get out of church because the devil wants to separate you because that's how he's going to ultimately destroy you. He doesn't, he doesn't have to, to do something to destroy you. He just has to separate you. That's what he was trying to do to the disciples. He wanted to separate them from Jesus. He didn't want them to stay rooted in Jesus. Who you are is not defined by what you do, but it is defined by who Jesus is to you. Who you are is not defined by what you do, but it is defined by who Jesus is to you. We want to occupy Tulia. We want to occupy Nazareth, Demet, Plainview, the Panhandle. Uh, pastor and I were at a retreat, and, and one of the, the pastors there prophesied over us that, that Tulia Christian Fellowship is, is too good to just stay in Tulia. And I firmly believe that with all of my heart. What does that mean? That means God is going to use us to reach beyond the walls of Tulia, to reach beyond and we've seen a lot of it already. I mean, we have people that have come through Ground Zero and TCF that are pastors in other cities and, and work at huge churches in other cities. Uh, I, I mean, all of Greg's kids, uh, they're all in ministry, and they're in Dallas at Gateway, one of the biggest churches around. Uh, and God's already, already begun to do that, but he's going to continue to do that. But we can't do it by ourselves. We have to do it together. We have to, just like Jesus, as he was walking through town, you know, they weren't going to a crusade. They didn't have banners and sent out tweets that Jesus is going to be in town. He's just walking through town. You know, maybe they're going to the bistro to get a sandwich. It was, he was obviously hungry because he said, Zacchaeus, take me home and feed me, right? He's thinking about lunch. And as he does that, Zacchaeus' life has changed instantaneously just from sitting in the house with the guy. That's what we want right here at TCF. That's what we want on Wednesday nights in Ground Zero here and at Power Kids. I believe that when a student walks through the front door of the lounge, when their foot hits the parking lot as they get out of the car, life change happens because the anointing and the presence of God fills everything we do. And we have to occupy our streets. You have to do it at your home. You have to do it at work. And the way we do that is we stay rooted, just as Psalm says. And then as we grow old, it says we'll still produce fruit and we'll be vital and green. I want to encourage you, the way you do this is you stay in the word of God. You stay in the word. Read the verse of the day. And I can tell you, as you read the verse of the day on a daily basis, as you get two weeks in, three weeks in, four weeks in, you're going to want more and you're going to start reading the full chapter. Because you're going to want more. If you have a commute, 10, 15-minute commute, uh, you can get through a chapter of it reading to you in three to four minutes. While you eat breakfast, brush your teeth, listen to the Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word. You know, in the Old Testament back in the day, they never read quietly to themselves. They never read the Torah, which is the Old Testament, quietly. They always read it out loud. Always read it out loud so they could hear it. 
That's how faith happens. That's how you get faith. That's how you stay rooted. That's how you stay away from fear, doubt, and unbelief and negativity by staying in the Word, stay in the New Testament. Think about how Pastor preached on Galatians 3.13 for, for in the entire summer. Just stay in the book of Galatians. Don't ever go read the Old Testament until you've read uh, Matthew through Revelations about 18 times. Then if you want to go read Ecclesiastes, go ahead. You got to stay rooted in the word. You got to stay rooted in the truth of the New Testament, the truth that Jesus brought. And as that happens, God's going to use you. Each and every one of you in this room have gifts and abilities. God's given you specific things. And only you have that. And God wants to use you right where you are to bring the light of Jesus Christ so that you can occupy your streets. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you would begin to reveal to us our giftings. You would begin to reveal to us our purpose. You would reveal to us who we are, our true identity in you. That we're not slaves, we're not orphans, we're not a group of people that have just made a bunch of mistakes or didn't live right or did wrong, Father, but we're sons, we're daughters, we're filled with the grace of Jesus Christ. I pray you would give us the strength and the courage to occupy our streets, that we would walk in the same power and authority that Jesus walked in. The same life change that he brought flows in and out of us everywhere we go. Father, that we would not be distracted by this world. We would not be distracted by the things of the world. We would not get caught up in just going through the motions and day in, day out, but we would be aware and vigilant of people around us. Father, and I pray you would use each and every one of us in this room to bring the light of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen.